Get away from this person. So it's like they even know it's bullshit. I don't know. Don't hey. be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I'm not suspicious. They told me. <laughs> Man. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. Shit. But seriously though, how have you been? I've been alright. You know, it's been t- it's been it's been tough times. I've dealt with some crazy people over the last year or so now i'm sort of dealing with crazy people by volition doing this project yeah yeah that's gonna be one of the things i ask you about i've been seeing bits and pieces of it and whatnot and i was like why and then again i was like oh that's mike (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so but it's it's there's something actually comforting about by the way do you want me to record my own audio here um this is recording itself Mm-hmm. And then I have audio on both ends doing some separate shit over here. All right. So you don't want me to do anything. No, you don't no. want me to run anything? Unless you want to. I mean. So this is the you. deal. Zoom meeting. I, this is my first time using this personally. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently, since this is free, we only got 40 minutes. All right. So let's get going. And I'm going to record a backup if it's only free and this is your first time. Yes. That's what she said. All right. That is what she said. <laughs> Only 40 minutes on your first time. That's, Man, that's pretty good, to be honest. But then again, some women are like, natural. I want more. <laughs> I want more. All right, let's do it. Let's right. get going. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you the listener, for coming back each and every week, or have you listened to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, I want you to go ahead and pull up your favorite social media app of choice and send them a well-crafted DM telling them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rambles with Rob on many of social media platforms to include Twitter at 3Rshow and Instagram at The3Rshow. And I got some content on YouTube sprinkled over Twitch and everywhere else. But for anything that I may have forgot to re- mention here, you can go to randomrob.com. See, randomrob.com. And it's reversing the mirror. So I'm like, I'm pressing on the wrong side. So I tried to go random rob. There you go. I got it right. And, um. But surely you, you knew which side it was on. Something, something like that. This is, <laughs> I'm looking, it's weird because I'm looking at it directly, like the right way in the camera. So when I try to, See, I try oh, to press random. Yeah. I try to That's press weird. random. That is weird. Because it should be to me, like, reversed. That yeah. is odd. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I can see your poster behind you, and I can read the words properly. Yeah. So, I mean. Audio art in progress. That's a cool poster. Yeah. It is. But um, joining me once again, 
an interesting man. Man so interesting that I had to battle him in the Peach Pit Battle Royal or some shit like that. <laughs> we had That's to fun. exchange audio uh, blows and whatnot in uh, engaging. Oh, we should, we should do that again, eh? <laughs> Those Canadian guys, huh? Yeah. Have you had them on? I, in the past. Yeah. Well, let's let's not talk about Canadians. We're here to talk to each other. I am so tickled by sprinkling on on Twitch. Yes, I love that. That's little, what I was laughing at before in your intro. I love that sprinkling on Twitch. Yes, just I, I want an app that sprinkles things on Twitch. Yeah, like I can sprinkle my Fabuloso all over the place. Let me get this out of here. Can I tell you I'm a recent convert to Fabuloso? Oh, you you've come yeah. you've come over. I got my terry cloth and my Fabuloso, oh, and I'm just wow. in here. I don't own terry cloth, so maybe I'll have to. Co- I also have an terry cloth that I've always thought it's useless, and now that I like Fabuloso. Kind of thinking. See, man. I'll tell you my one claim to fame with Terry Cloth. Really? Uh, I I grew up around New York City, and Mm. something that was a really easy touristy thing to do as being someone in the city that was harder from being someone out of town was to go. And this was years ago, so before people really knew about conventions, like going to Comic Con was really cool, and like um, going to the Jacob Javits Center to see the car show was also like a cool thing you could do that was like an outing, but you didn't have to go far. And I swear to you, I met the ShamWow guy oh. way before he was popular. He had a section at uh, the, the Javits Center at the, 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 the car expo and he was there and he was doing and it was in real life and he was doing it for eight hours a day, doing that presentation, convincing people. It, at some point, I had like a free sample cut thing of ShamWow. Uh, I don't. I don't have it anymore. But 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 this is before you knew that it wasn't just some crazy person rubbing a car. Um, but that's my one claim to fame in ter- the Terry Cloth Damn, arena. I mean, it's almost wish that you got him to sign it or something. <laughs> well, you didn't know. Like, like, okay, you can't know that this guy's going to be like an international superstar. You're just there, and this nut job is cleaning a car and telling you how he can clean this car, and he's got a car hood there, and he's rubbing it, and he's squeegeeing, and he's growing around. He's like, look, and he's doing that, and he's just never stopping. And every person that comes up is doing this. I, b- I believe someone I was with bought one of them. But we, I had a little sample. You got so much swag at these things. It was crazy. You know, you didn't even want it. It became a burden. Um, I think the two things I ever kept, cause I went like two or three times. I went with my brother, went with some family, went with some friends. The only thing I kept throughout the years was Jeep had this awesome, like terrain course and you could sign up to go in the, you couldn't drive. But they would essentially show you all those cool things that you see in Jeep commercials. Like, it can go on a 45-degree angle. And they would do all this stuff with a train driver. Um, and when you went there, if you did the whole course, you signed up and you did it, um, they gave you a sponge that was <gasps> shaped like a Jeep with a little Jeep drawn on the front. And I thought that was very cute. And I kept did, that for years. Did you keep that? Did I need it? No, did you keep it? <laughs> Yeah, I kept, I kept, you keep, there's something with swag. If you've ever been so, I also went to Comic-Con as a, uh, professional, um, before it was very big and, and, you know, pitched to some people and made some connections there, um, and had printed a zine from some people I'd met there. And this was, you know, you just wrote up and said you were a professional and you, you, you'd get to go. And I was in the, the comic industry. I was young. I was doing illustration and write, comedy writing stuff and publishing stuff and trying to start a small, label that's how my production company started was doing uh, like a small comic book printing mm-hmm. and i didn't have a booth i was there pitching i was there trying to get small publishers interested and it went okay it went okay it, you know um people were interested there was 
uh, um, that year an economic collapse. So a lot of the companies I pitched to were yeah. gone. Um, but, uh, you, you have this, if you've ever been to something, you've been to conventions. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's, there's something about swag that, like this is useless but i'm gonna keep it this is useless but for some reason i'm gonna make this experience this great thing so much worse by carrying around stuff it's this weird compulsion yeah i actually bought a bag for swag just to carry around the swag yeah because i didn't want to have like 30 different bags and shit like this. I'm not Octodad. I ain't got extra arms or nothing like that. So I was just like, I'm going to get this cool-ass Black Panther bag. Be- and yet, look at how bare the walls of the studio are. Hey, man. Where The swag bag was bought. And yet, are, is all the swag going to go up? I'm, I'm trying is to- all the swag a little bit in the garbage, Rob? <laughs> I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to figure out more space here. Because over here, I got this wall is nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I Do might you still have the bag, though? Huh? Do you still have the bag, though? Yeah. Black oh, Panther oh well, yeah. This Black Panther bag. Yeah, that's what, cool. But what, what upset me about that bag, though, it was it was great. It had the um the Black Panther logo on it. Okay. And on the bottom, it had, like, the little talismans from his necklace. And that's over time, cool. I just started losing them one by one. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panthers hit hard times. Yeah. You got to. But you got to think that, like, that was always my favorite part of Batman, too. So this will make you like the bag again. Like, my favorite part was, like, in the middle of the comic when Batman would be, like, the the thing's torn and the cape yeah. is whatever. So, like, I think you can make it, like, you know, like Panthers in, like, the woods chasing yeah. someone down damage. for a while. Yeah, battle damage. Battle okay. damage. That's what it I is. I have, it's like, through, a piece it, of it, It's seen me through many conventions and everything. So there, <laughs> I've been through many wars, you know. Searching the swag tables and everything like this, just uh, combating those who did not um, uh, follow the rituals of deodorizing upon entering <laughs> said uh, convention. And I tell you a secret about that whole thing with deodorant. Yes. This is some people always say this is like, oh, why does no one wear deodorant? Guys, there are just some people. They start with deodorant. It and was it, there. It doesn't stay. It was there. It it can only that poor little that poor little swipe can only work so hard. Okay, it's got to give up the fight at some point. Yeah, and right? some people just sweat more than others, and you know it's just it's just like that. So what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about this crazy thing I'm doing? Um, it's a couple things, man. You you've had an evolution since I've crossed your path and everything. Not not only yeah. in um, the squared circle in the Peach Pit Battle Royal or whatever yes. we had, but before then, like when you came back here the first time, um. You opened the door for me. You know, I knew Mike Fallick as the guy that liked freaking um, ferrets. Yes, and then I got to talk with you a little bit. And then I just started seeing the the most wonderful things that you produce. <laughs> I mean, you, you make art, you make clay figures, and then yeah. you paint yourself like clay figures yes. that you've made. <laughs> and you well, do- that was a, that character came out of this idea that is like, I wanted to do Frankenstein and yeah. I wrote this script um, and I wanted to do this stuff kind of in character and do this comedy. And it, it, the idea was that was the look, I, essentially that look just came out of, I want to create a different look of Frankenstein and tr- chiefly with a beard, chiefly the idea that you would have some sort of bolted on beard or sort of plasticky dead looking beard. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that with Frankenstein? He still has to look artificial. So that was really where it came out of. And the idea with that Frankenstein was in the original Frankenstein, Frankenstein, you know, 
is reviled by the society, but he wants to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And in the version I had written, he hates society. He doesn't want to be a part. The villagers love him in this version. The villagers think he's funny and entertaining. And so it was meant to be like sort of the life of uh, uh, the stand-up comics that I grew up with, like Dennis Leary and uh, Bill Hicks, and kind of like say like, well, what would that experience be like if that wasn't an act on stage, but a real personality experience? And so it's like, he's not being funny. He's not saying mean things about society in order to be funny. He just genuinely feels that way. But society is so used to people joking and all these things that they love him. They think he's hilarious. And he's Frankenstein's sort of miserable, not because people don't love him, but he makes himself miserable was kind of the, the conceit of that character. Um, people like those a lot. Um, and then I worked with uh, some, some people and did some videos on them. And I just have been very busy with the current thing that I haven't gone back to it. But it's really weird looking, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but I mean, let's let's not say weird. Let's say unique. I'd say weird, and I made it. So very well. <laughs> then we'll go with what your designation. What's wrong with weird? Nothing's wrong with weird. I mean, well, I, I like being. I, I like a little strange every now and then. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> Gross, you're married. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what makes it strange. <laughs> married people don't normally do this type of shit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not an entanglement, if that's what you're yeah, worried about. It's none of no, that no. stuff. Well, that is what strange is, isn't it? I, I guess. I don't know. It just yeah. popped into my head. It may, all right, weird. There we go. We're going to stay with weird, and that's what it's going to be. <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. It's so frustrating on the internet, even with professionals, to like explain to somebody everything you do. There's not a time that goes by where I don't do something and um, someone's like, I didn't know you could do that. It's like, yeah, like that's my whole thing. It's like I have different facets. And, you know, even you go to clients and you're like, they're like, well, I want to do it this style, but that's not your thing. And it's like, no, that's it's definitely something. Just because an artist does one thing doesn't mean they can't do others, yeah. you know? And even with people, when you want to give, I've had to take projects. I just did a really cool project with um, a director named Derek Cameron, who like runs the ghetto film school. I think he's like now the head of it or something. He just got a promotion. And I took the job because he had this realistic style. And he wanted to be animated. And I just did it to be like, oh, like I need to literally take a project to show people I can draw realistically in animation. So otherwise they don't believe you. So did you get paid in exposure? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> no, no. The infamous uh, exposure books. <laughs> no, no. Derek Cameron's like a, a real person. So he made me, yeah. But, you know, podcasting, think about how many people think that that's, you know, we make mo I make money off of my podcast. I know you sell merch and th there's, I made a whole documentary in the time that we were together about amateur podcasters kind yes. of ruining podcasting and deciding that. You know, I'm doing this. Essentially, at this point, I only do guest spots because I like the people. Yeah. And if I don't like them, I just don't do it. You know, there's a note behind me on this wall that says no more amateurs. You know, that's the big thing. It's like, don't deal with amateur artists if you're an artist. And if you're an amateur artist, try to deal with professional people. That's my advice to artists as if I know something. <laughs> so let's talk about this new project that you got going on or whatever. I've seen little glimpses and glimmers of it and whatnot but I, I color me intrigued i mean we're here to talk so you know give me give me the give me the breakdown so here's what it is a the way that it works is i'm making a documentary and i'm releasing all the raw footage so that everyone gets all the information without us having to wait 
you know, the two years that it might take to make this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the footage that we're talking about is raw. It's raw footage. So it's long. It's lengthy. Um, and girthy. But yeah, it's gir- I'd say it's girthy. I'd say it's thick. I wouldn't say girthy. I'd say it's got thickness. I don't know which way direction that goes. But it's got a thickness to it. And so it's about, I had a friend who a few years ago, we stopped connecting and it turned out that he had gotten involved in some sort of one of these, what are called red pill groups. Mm. These are people that believe that women are out to, uh, women are the inferior sex and they're out to get you uh, in some way or another. I mean, Um, am I a part of that cult too? Because I mean, I kind (laughs) of... Well, no, you have one woman who's out to get okay, you, very well. and you agreed to that. In fairness, you agreed to it. True, well, this but, is true. So, 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 um, uh, these groups have schismed over the years, from pickup artists to incel, and sort of now, one of the latest iterations is MGTOW. Latest being relatively recent, but not in the grand scheme of things. MGTOW is men going their own way. They purport themselves to be just people who don't believe in marriage and don't believe in cohabitation. Which sounds good at the offset, but when you talk to them about their motivations themselves, they start to make some pretty concerning points. Um, the friend that I had, I didn't know about this group. I sort of wanted to have an intervention. Um, and I talked to him. He revealed this group and he had some pretty twisted ideas about love and sex and what women are out to do and that they're only out to get, to have marriages, to get more money and to get kids and a lot of these racist and sexist thoughts. I mean, one of which is we've, <laughs> We've, we, we were trying to get, you know, um, some more, uh, you know, black leaders involved in, in the project because one of the things is they call, um, marriage, they refer to it frequently as the plantation. Uh. And when you confront them and you say, Hey, that sounds pretty fucking racist, uh, to compare anything other than plantation slavery to plantation slavery that sounds racist they'll go there's lots of different farms and how do you know we're referring to that and they kind of these groups kind of thrive off of thinking they're tricking you Mm -hmm. and so it's like if you let them be like oh guys you they're not referring to plantations of of black slaves don't worry and so it's they they kind of play this game of just blatantly believing in racist stuff and sexist stuff and eugenic stuff and then kind of when confronted will defer and say, well, what is, you know, that's not, that's not dangerous or why does it matter what I believe? Or or a lot of them won't admit that they believe these things. They'll use pseudoscience to say, well, you're sort of getting it wrong. Hmm. Um, This has turned into a cult. Um, And the big part of this investigation is to show that they're using brainwashing techniques. Um, They're using techniques of finding people who are really low one of the things that they do is, and this is by evolution, not by design, is you search, I'm really depressed, uh, I have no luck with girls, I, I, I want to kill myself, I, my girlfriend broke up with me, you're going to get one of these groups. Yeah. So now, instead of having to, if I want to make a cult with you, Rob, I tell you I have, maybe I'll tell you I have like a workout program and that you're going to come in, but I don't, I say like, you know, if you really want to get in shape, you're not going to sleep for the next 24 hours. You're not going to drink. You're not going to eat. I'm going to push you to your limit. And you're like, okay, this guy's ripped and he's jacked. Shit, sound like boot camp. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, if, if the military wanted to and you know the military's done experimented with things like this you know well, well, I, I mean i am proof of this i mean i yeah. that is my first 
24 to 48 hours of boot camp. <laughs> Just up. So now, at the end of boot camp, let's say instead of trying to make you, you know, a better human being, a better understand the, 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 the symbols of meaning of combat and brotherhood. Instead, I decide to say, look, I'm from space and you should worship me. Well, you're going to be pretty prone to it at that point. You know, <laughs> you're going to be pretty prone to me saying that. Now, let's say we don't have that conditioning, but you, you just come preconditioned. You're sad about a breakup. You're not eating. You're depressed. You're in a bad place. So now you're preconditioned. You're finding this group who has paranoid thoughts and are experiencing the world through fear. Um, then you're going to get brought into this cultic relationship where in MGTOW, they'll say to you things like you shouldn't date. You shouldn't see women. The reason that you got women, all women are like that. You know, they, they'll, they'll take your money. They'll, they'll, you, you got lucky that you got broken up with, you know, you, you, you know, you need to stay here. And the only way to prevent you from feeling so sad again is to stay with us. So, that's kind of their methodology for doing this stuff. What we've been doing in the project is interviewing cult experts. We interviewed Rachel Bernstein, who as an advisor to ICSA, uh, a, a really important cult organization that has a really interesting history as well. We, I just interviewed Rick Ross, not the rapper, or yeah, the drug like... dealer. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, and um, he... He, he spoke about, you know, whether or not this is or isn't a cult. Rick Ross is a very specific definition of a cult. We spoke to Dr. Drew about cultic relationships and, and, and abusive relationships and sexual relationships. And we're trying to compile together a documentary by showing – we spoke to a former pickup artist who's, you know – talked about how he's seen these things evolve over the years. We've talked to a MGTOW guy who wants Sharia law, which pretty much says that women are property. We talked to, you know, these are, you know, really unwell people. We talked to a guy today, John Samez, who is now starting his own group, which I believe Rick Ross evaluates as probably a cult, that is, is a schism cult. And they all believe really insane things, but they're brainwashed. And a big part of our project is to stay that when you see this stuff online, you see someone saying, comparing marriage to a plantation, our instinct is to, with all these groups, to be like, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, they are wrong, but like, we're all the same people here. We obviously know women aren't like somehow genetically modified to genetically different to like insidiously get babies from us. We all know that. We all know that marriage is not at all even slightly close to being on a plantation. We're yeah. the same people. So what the documentary is trying to do is to say, if we call these things a cult, instead of saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, if the message back is you need help, let me help you, you know, that sounds terrible, you need help, um, then maybe we can make a difference because we've made no progress on, on these people. So that's the project in a Mike Fallick nutshell. Questions? Word. Um, would you consider the problems that we have with a certain immigration issues cult-like one of the really great things i'm going to quote him over and over again hoyt hoyt who we interviewed this guy named hoyt he was a model and his story is well documented and sound like he he's in the zoolander movie he is a model so <laughs> he's good looking older man um and he said when you think when people think about cults um, this is, I'm going to paraphrase and then I'll give you the cult, the, the more of the quote. He's saying when people think about cults, they think about, well, this is a rare thing and it happens to certain people and it's a crazy thing when you're in it. But when you start to learn about the word cultic relationship, you start to see that 
it's not a rare thing. It's something that you're going to see in spectrums and waves and little amounts and bigger amounts all the time. All the time you're going to see cultic relationships and that sliding scale towards more and more dangerous of a thing is, is, is just something that we need to get people to understand. So take any issue. Take any issue, anybody that is so staunch in their beliefs that they have blinders on, they have confirmation bias, they can't be talked to, they obviously sound triggered whenever they talk about the issue, they have a compulsion to reply to you on the internet, you know, um, which is a big part of it is the internet and our investigation. But like those people, yeah, are they approaching cult-like behavior? Definitely. It's not a rare thing. The definition of the word cult is kind of what is debated in the bulk of the project. But it, 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 one of the things that we're trying to show is that, A, the word cultic relationship is something that's controversial to some and something that's not controversial to others and very clear. And Today I'm sort the of first time I've heard this word. That's one of the big issues is that we're trying to get the word hashtag cult, which is our website, hashtag cult.org. We're trying to get this word out there because a hashtag cult makes a lot of sense on the internet. There are a lot of really great terms in the world of cult, like cultic relationship, coercive relationship, but people don't know them. People do know cult. Mm -hmm. And one of our arguments is if you sort of start to make better words, get this vocabulary out there in an accessible way that people will see like, oh, shit, this is a cultic relationship. Dr. Drew talks about the cult of two. You know, you talk about somebody who's sort of in abusive relationship. My, my partner, yeah. uh, Reens, is... is was really very bravely outspoken about her abuse. And she goes, I, I see more stuff between abuse and cults than I do anything else in cults. I, when people talk about bad relationships, it's not as relatable as an abusive relationship. And so people know the word abusive relationship. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty high theory stuff, abusive relationship. We know it. People know the word toxic person. Yeah. You, you know it. But why do you know it? Because the word is easy, it's accessible, it's easy to understand. So we're trying to kind of help to get this language out there and say, like, are you in a cultic relationship? What can you do to stop a cult? You know, the thing is, can you not question your beliefs ever? What happens if you question your beliefs? If that sort of seems inconceivable to you, you might be in even a slightly cultic relationship. If someone does something bad, are they free of that? You might be in a slightly cultic relationship. Um, and that's, that's kind of part of what we're trying to do too, is make hashtag cult this word that you see like, oh man, flat earth is just a hashtag cult. These people don't really believe any of this. They just can't not believe it because it messes up their safety in the world. Yeah. And some people just like to be different. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, cause I, I work with a guy that'll argue with you just to argue with you. He just loves to argue and be right. So he'll just attach to whatever little thing or whatever, if it's about Android or Apple, or if it's about PlayStation or Xbox, if it's about this sports team or this sports team, he always has to be on one side opposed to argue so he can make himself right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I'm right about this thing and he's wrong and I want to yell at him. But I think one of the things that these groups do is they rob people who are in that area of having when they randomly rob just at random they randomly rob people who are unique or people who are have a certain personality type because when we say well if you always want to be right and this that and the other and then all of a sudden your friend is like well am i in a cult 
maybe. But I think that if you, when you start to decide that it's either totally, you got one thing over here, it's, no, it's totally fine. This behavior is totally acceptable. And then the other thing over here is, I'm in a cult and I will yell at you. And, you know, they have these, these, these stump speeches that cult people work on all the time. And I, that's what I have this line and I'm going to fight you tooth and nail. There's obviously a huge space in between I'm totally normal and this, but we kind of, when we look at things, we categorize it, right? Like some people just like to be different and some people do just like to be different. When you stop categorizing how close you are to dangerous cult and making little levels, you, you, you all of a sudden have to move that line, right? Mm -hmm. Because like with any abuse, you know, uh, it, there's a really, there's a demarcation that we decide. Oh no! The meeting's been upgraded. Oh my goodness! What? That's what it said. So that's what it said. Oh, it just gave me a gift. Yeah. Oh wow! Hallelujah! So somebody's they're loving the cause. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> so that's that's the big thing. It's like, are you just a weirdo? Sure, there's just weirdos. But as you start to approach cult, if you all of a sudden decide that only the extreme thing is cult. Well, then you're going to you're going to start to you're going to start to allow this huge range of acceptable behavior. You know, it, it, an act of violence takes very short amount of time. The thing that causes that act of violence is often great and grand. And so saying there's been no violence isn't actually any evidence of abuse, mm -hmm. any lack of evidence of abuse. There's a huge range. Look at my hands. Do you see how huge this range is? Yes. If you're in the audio format right now, it's huge. <laughs> Yes. But um, like you said, so the driving force within uh, this project was it was somebody you knew. And, totally changed. And yeah, you just dug into it from there and you're just like, hmm, more people need to be aware. Yeah. And it was coincidental that as we started to do this, you know, if you want to know where the people saying all lives matter are, if you want to know where the people kind of denying the, the 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 importance of any sort of protest if you want to find the people who are always trying to find the argument that you can't quite say is racist but it approaches racism or bigotry or anything like that it's in these groups mm -hmm. because that's where they hang out there was a guy named we're doing a whole video about christopher hassan who people don't know was a migtow he spent 90 percent of his time on the internet on migtow um on a migtow forum he was stockpiling weapons. He was taking steroids. He was a working Coast Guard. He was doing drugs. Um, he was buying silencers and he was getting interested in single cell terrorism. Now, he never did anything, which again, act of violence, very small. Uh -huh. He never acted on it. He got arrested for drug use, drug, essentially drug possession mm -hmm. and um, modifying uh, guns. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. But it's pretty scary to think that this guy was ready. Was to, at, if he, <laughs> he was ready. He was ready. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, just, it's just like your documentary or whatever. You going out there, you you gathering your information, you getting all your stuff in a row and whatnot to release this thing. That's essentially what he was doing. He was getting his ducks in a row. He was figuring out how to use this stuff. He was gathering all his uh, freaking pieces and everything. Is like now I'm gonna release this shit. <laughs> but he never did. But he never and got to that point. It's so interesting. One of the things that, that this, that we, we kind of have to touch on in this documentary, maybe at a later date, maybe not a part of this one, 
But in his case especially, it's so interesting that the FBI and all these – everybody's always concerned about being listened to. And we, we I read through a lot of these court documents. It's like, you know, 4,000 pages. You can't read through all of them. But, um, you know, there's a whole thing about what you can actually prosecute someone for for saying something online. And it really has to be very specific. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they agreed on was – from the way we do things legally, there was nothing there to say he was definitely going to do this. But everyone agreed in the case. This is concerning online behavior. Even his his defense agreed it was concerning online behavior. His, his psychologist agreed it was concerning online behavior. The judge agreed. Everyone agreed it was concerning online behavior. Not, not like, oh, concerning, but everyone is free speech. Objectively concerning behavior. Just in his speak and his purchases – Online wise, or? well, he he would frequent a few things that were problematic, and what, what ended up getting focused on in this in the core case was going to uh, gun forums mm-hmm. and um, asking about snipers, and that was what mainly became the debate of it. He would look at manifestos mainly from the Breckvik, the 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 uh, Norwegian terrorist who was a single cell person who MGTOW sound a lot like, and. He was on forums about uh, using drugs and steroids and things like that. That's what became the big debate in the actual thing, and mostly focusing on the silencers is what mm-hmm. the trial becomes about. The MGTOW stuff gets ignored, but it's interesting that consistently when he's doing all this stuff, he's also on MGTOW sites, and he's not getting better. He's not getting messages of peace from these MGTOW sites. He's getting messages to keep him going, to keep him going to more and more towards this goal of maybe not, maybe in according to the, the, the psychologist, he wasn't going to hurt anyone, but still towards the goal of I'm on illegal steroids, I'm on or illegal whatever enhancements. I don't know what he was on. I didn't know the, the bodybuilding drug. I'm taking Tramdol. You know, I'm, I'm modifying my own guns, you know, or make, I guess he was making silencers. Yeah. So it's all, it's, it all becomes about something different. And he's not getting like the message in any of those other places. Like, man, I should stop reading this stuff. He's getting the message of this feels fine. Yeah. This feels good. And possibly even my, my adage is my, not adage. My, my point is he might even think he's getting cured, which is a really interesting idea. Let's say he didn't view MGTOW. Let's say in the very rare instance, he didn't view MGTOW as a dangerous group. Hmm. Well, then he's there thinking he's getting cured. And that means he's getting worse from it, which is a big thing with cults is they tell you they have a cure for something and yet you get worse. You know, lots of groups, they're anti-psychology. Lots of groups will tell you, you don't need therapists. You don't need psychology. And guess what? Your mental condition gets worse because you do. And so <laughs> that's what happened to him. It's, it's an interesting flip of the coin either way that even if he, if he thinks it's bad and he likes or he knows it's bad now well then he knew it was bad and it's bad and it caused him to move towards this goal of looking like a very dangerous person and acting like a dangerous person if he thought it was good he also moved towards that same goal he never stopped he just kept going towards the goal of kind of looking like a terrorist and MGTOW got dropped and you want to know why because people didn't know about it yeah. incel is a catchier word we all know incel people don't even know red pill you know and these are really concerning things that when I find out about something, I only take firsthand sources. I don't read bullshit news written by – why are people writing news that summarizes a press release already written by by the 
it just doesn't make any sense. Like if someone releases a press release and then the news you're reading is just rewriting that press release, it's secondhand. So when I find an issue, I want to know everything. And, and that's how we do the documentary. Word. So, yeah. But aside from this documentary and this amazing yarn that you just spun for me or whatever over these past <laughs> couple of minutes, what has your day to day been like, man? How are you personally? <laughs> I'm, you know, in these times, which I hate that I'm saying it that yeah, way, but I think you have to. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I, we've, it's, it's so weird to be able to be like, good, good. Cause like, obviously not, but like, <laughs> but like, um, uh, I've had some loss in, in the, in the, the, the world that I kind of feel like it's weird if I don't say right now and kind of pretend that I'm happy, but, um, you know, it, you, 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 you know me as the guy that, that likes my ferrets. My ferret has been sick for, for some time oh. and, uh, passed on, but, oh. uh, to bum everyone out even more. Um, but that was, a, a, a thing that I really don't feel like if someone asked me how I am, I can't say, you know, genuinely asking me. Um, but otherwise, day to day, let's talk about the more important thing here, everyone. Please get close to the microphone. Let's talk about how you and I are the only ones that's still own and use the original Xbox. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's right here. And it's, um, and it's crazy because you talk about the red pill thing, and that's something that came from the Matrix, right? Yeah, and they don't, they've never seen the movie. But, and, uh, <laughs> and that's the game that I'm playing right now. <laughs> okay, so is it good? Because I've heard... So there's all these things that people say, I love the Matrix. I do, and there's all. People tell you me that you have to watch it because it actually fills in story elements, it, right? It, and it does. So it. The rock, uh, so yeah, go on. There's two games. There's a Enter the Matrix, and then there's the Matrix, the Path of Neo. So the Enter the Matrix game was the first one that came out on the original Xbox. Those follow the two characters of Naomi and Ghost. Awesome. Yeah. So um, two of my favorites. So from the meeting. At the beginning of the movie in part two, it kind of takes up from there. So when they all disperse, when the agents show up and they all go into the sewer system and everything, it starts from there. You can either pick Ghost or you can pick Naomi. Awesome. And um, it'll just follow both of those characters and whatnot. And it'll fill in the gaps between two and three. That's well, amazing. So whatever you don't. So whatever you see on screen with Neo and Morpheus and all the other motherfuckers. What you're playing in this game is what's going on off screen and whatnot. Cool. So and yeah. and see, but like with Naomi, like I want to see, I want to see, like if I were to watch, this sounds so lame, but this is the Matrix game I want. I want like a Telltale Games, which I would hate Telltale Games. Yeah. But I want like a Telltale Games where we see more like the emotional stuff. Like I want to see what it's like to be like in survival mode, but like also torn between two guys like that sounds like a very hard relationship to like get through you know um but very cultish maybe <laughs> yes hey look that's the thing about it just say cultish you know and like think about that movie neo shows up and what is it two or three and he's like this is weird guys you gotta leave yeah he was, like and neo's an actual god and, and people and he's even like please 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 i, I just got weird. here can i can i <laughs> Can I take a pee in my toilet? Please. 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 That's all anyone wants to do. Because you know that scene, that's what always drives me crazy, is whenever you get back from a commute, especially if you live in a train town, whatever it is about like the last hundred yards to your door, that piss 
gets so heavy. And so you know that Neo is there, like a hundred feet from his house, and he's like, Oh, I have to be so bad. Oh my god, I've gotta accept this bread so I'll save your kid. Ugh. And, and that's what I enjoy about the whole matrix, the whole thing. Cause mm. this game fills in the gaps. There's even cinematics in the game that ties into the movie. That's not mm. even in the bonus features of the movie and shit. Awesome. And so, and, um, like, um, what was that part when she tried to, um, the French lady, the one that asked yeah, to kiss oh, Neo. Yeah. Yeah, they have a scene in there with either Ghost or Naomi, depending on who you pick, to where they had to do a similar thing with her to get the information. They had to kiss her. Like, that's awesome. See, I heard a lot of so I knew. Here's what I knew the game from was obviously the Matrix kind of invented bullet time Mm -hmm. in a way. You know, it was a reinventing. It came from you know old kung fu movies, but um, they brought it back, and then that became a thing in video games. This does this game come out before Spider Man? Two. That's the question, right? Which, uh... Because Spider-Man 2, the game, has bullet time as well for and PlayStation you got to think about uh, Max Payne as well. Yeah, but when does Max Payne get... Okay, now we got Max Payne, the first game, had bullet time. That, that game was the first game that I can recollect that had something like that. You know, I'm thinking you're right. Um, Spider-Man 2, PlayStation. Which I also have here as well. Max Payne 1 and 2. <laughs> These are games that are like on my my radar. I had been told that the Matrix game wasn't good and that you might as well just watch it. How is it playing? Well, <laughs> since it came out in like way back when this original Xbox was out, compared yeah. to now 2020, we acclimated to the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X and all these yeah, other... Yeah, but why are you saying that? You're talking to me, who's looking at a slim PlayStation 2, an original Xbox, and a black Wii. Tell me how it plays! I like it. You like me it. personally, I like it. I might have some bias because I like the whole Matrix, you know, just think about thingamabob or whatever. <laughs> the whole Matrix Matrix. But um, I no, really enjoy it. I'm a huge it. Matrix fan. You know, when the game first originally came out, I had to have it. And then when I got rid of this original Xbox many moons ago, I even went back when I went to like a, um, I think I went to a Goodwill or somewhere like that. They had it on the shelf and I bought it knowing that I did not have or want at the time an original Xbox. I just loved the game that much. (laughs) See, I had the opposite. I wanted a GameCube, which is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And I owned... I'm ashamed to say this. Um, the ma- uh, Enter the Matrix on GameCube. Now I didn't even know that I for GameCube. Yeah, a lot of stuff came. A lot of people don't look into the. I mean, it's Wii and GameCube and all those things. But Wii and GameCube. If you ever look up like the games for it, there's a shocking amount of mm-hmm. like, oh, that came out for the Wii, and oh, that came out for the GameCube. But I owned it for the GameCube, and GameCube games go for a lot. And I didn't own a GameCube, so I sold it. And I got enough money to buy other stuff. So, but now I kind of want to play it. Max Payne is a little too like dark for me. I don't like games that have like dark backgrounds, which I would only play the Matrix just for the fact that it's in the Matrix. Yeah, I mean the cinematics in itself. Like, if you can look them up on YouTube, those are a fun watch as well. But I, as frustrating as the game is, because you got to get used to those controls again. Because I mean. What makes sense here on this Xbox One X controller is just like 
I'm holding the controller in my hand. I have this extra trigger here. And then I'm just, I can, I can map the controls better in my head than what it is actually on this goddamn <laughs> thing. Cause I'm pressing what I think it should be when it's not actually that at all. <laughs> you know, see, see, but, but am I going to bum you out here? You know that the Xbox One plays Xbox games. Well, they don't play these two games. I've they don't play those two. Dude, dude, whenever they first introduced backwards compatibility, period, that's when I went looking for those games. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be able to play The Matrix. And then couldn't play it. And I couldn't play it. I had a three. I had the 360. And then then it went to the next Xbox. And I held on to those games all the way up to right now until I went to a convention and somebody had original Xbox in a box. <laughs> and I was like, how much? It was like a hundred dollars. I was like, a hundred dollars? I said, like, dude, you at a convention. Look at the, look around you. And he's like, it's only because I have the original box. I was like, I don't want the fucking box. I want the Xbox. <laughs> he was like the box. I said, like, you can keep the box. I just want the Xbox. And he's oh like gosh. $80. And I was like, mm, that's still kind of her. But then I got on the phone with my wife. I was like, hey, I'm at this convention. <laughs> and there's this original Xbox here. I already been on Amazon and I looked up other places on eBay. And this is right in line with what they're selling across the board. I'm about to get this Xbox. I'm just letting you know so you don't be surprised. I mean, I'm not asking permission. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Then I'm about to get this old ass Xbox that I may put in the corner and never play again, but I just want it right now and I'm buying it. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. Love See, you. but how many of those calls happen at the convention? That's my question for your poor wife. Is 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 this the first call of the day? They're like, look, I said I wouldn't buy anything crazy, but or is this like the look? There's this Thor doll. No, and no, I- no. <laughs> this is this is the first time I called her from a convention to buy anything like that for myself. I've called her from many conventions because I've seen something that I thought she might like. And I sent her a picture. Then I call her to confirm. Be like, do you like that? She's like, it's okay, but I don't need it. And I'm like, good. I wasn't going to buy it anyway. <laughs> but the it's only other time. hearing how I got my Xbox then. I get, we'll get to that. But the only other time that I asked permission to buy something. And then from that point, just for this particular item or this range of items that she told me that never again. Can I buy those things? I bought a replica WWE championship belt. It was my first WrestleMania. That first WrestleMania happened to be on my birthday and everything like that. And she's like, it's your birthday. It's your first WrestleMania. You can go ahead and buy it. I paid 400 and some odd dollars for this. Oh, Rob. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Hold on. Wait a minute. I I mean, I'm going to get all my money (laughs) worth. $400, you could have started a wrestling career. Oh, man. It's here. It's here. Now, that's got to be out displayed. Oh, it's man. It big, is pretty beautiful. cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> it is It is like metal. This and big, heavy. Beautiful. Yeah. Heavy. That is. Replica. Belt. Plates come out and everything. Jewels. Shiny. Leather smell like a cow ass. It's just. <laughs> Do you know what I gotta say? A lot of people. This is the thing that I've thought of. 
you know, with marriage. This is a cult but, as well. <laughs> well, they had a moment, didn't they, where they really dedicated to it being real. Ooh, um, yeah. Uh, look at that thing. So I, uh, this is a thing that I think as, as a dude, I'm looking at that. It's nice. And I'm man. thinking about marriage and I'm thinking about how I have weird knuckles. I can't wear rings. I can't wear watches because I got a weird, I got a weird proportion to my hands. I think I'd much, not with WWE, something more romantic. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty good, that's the equivalent, isn't it? Of like, for guys, the ring. Yeah. If someone, if, if at the wedding, your wife puts on you this big belt, <laughs> this champion belt, man, that would feel good. Oh, cause that's, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone interact like this personally with like a belt like that. I, I you know, I never thought about the idea that it's like heavy and like it, real. Dude, it is. I mean, if you walking around with this bitch, it's just like, why did I even bring this out here? <laughs> Do you ever wear it? I have wore it. Yes. Yes. That, which I, you think you rarely see people actually, you see a lot of it over the shoulder. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I, cause that's the cool thing. That's how the cool people do it on TV and everything. But I will be the that? first to tell you as a owner of one of these big heavy bastards, when I've been to conventions or wrestling shows, I put that bitch on. Because yeah. I'm carrying food, I might be carrying a kid, and it's just to have this bitch over my shoulder, or just to carry it like like suitcase like. No, no, that's that's not the move. Now I'm thinking. I mean, I wonder if it's harder nowadays. But I've heard this thing of people buying belts. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if 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 I can find someone's like boxing belt from like 30 years ago, dude. That someone has pawned you. I mean, if you want the original thing, I mean, maybe you're going to do some some searching and whatnot. But yeah. you can literally get any belt that you want, that you have ever seen on television, advertised in a sporting event. You can get any kind of belt that you want right now here in 2020. There's people that, you know, overseas that do them for real cheap. Then they got um reputable belt people on um Facebook. I'm in a couple of the groups and everything because I like a lot of the custom <laughs> stuff. I like a lot of the custom stuff. I I feed as my my friend Chase would say, not the bank. Um, feed my eyes because he like he like food a lot. And anytime we go out of town, he has this big Google Map list that he sends me. He's like, hey, you in uh, Albuquerque, right? Here, here's a list of restaurants in Albuquerque that you need to go try some food. And whenever you go try this food. I need you to text me pictures so you can feed my eyes. <laughs> Th- that's how he is. So that's what the belt forums are for me. I know I can't have any more. So <laughs> I feed my eyes. I just like, oh, that's a nice belt. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I could get into that too. Because I honestly, I for years, and I asked you this, I really want to get into wrestling as a thing. I see people doing it. I'm not, you know, I just don't know why it doesn't happen. I've tried. It just is in modern wrestling, especially it's something mm-hmm. to do with the, it's something to do with the aesthetic across the board in general. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me, but it's like, I like luchador look things yeah, and I yeah. don't, but it's the language barrier sometimes. I think that's a big part of it mm-hmm. is like, I had a whole thing where I think I've talked to you about it, where they showed a video of a guy winning some wrestling thing and he cried yeah. as if he had actually won in wrestling. Like not as if it's a story, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> well, see, I can kind of speak to, speak to that in a way to where like, it's almost that for you to be booked in the situation to win this, you know, for somebody to write it out 
this epic story for you to hold this in your possession, to be the champion of that company. I mean, behind the scenes, that puts a lot on you. It puts you in a leadership position because you are holding this belt as the front runner of our company and you are representative of this company. So you have a lot of responsibility as in your locker room leader. I mean, you set the example and, you know, the company trusts you enough to be that head figure. So, I mean, that's kind of what that represents is like I've worked hard all my life to get to get booked in this position. And now I'm here and they trust me enough with my skills and my talent to do this. My wheels are turning. I think you could probably have seen it. My wheels are turning. I have a great pitch, mm. wrestling fans out there, for a season of some wrestling show. Okay, uh, that's the name Here's of it. My... Some wrestling show. <laughs> I like some it. Wrestle... Some one of the wrestling shows. It has to be a real one. Here's the pitch: is you say whatever the show is, reality. Okay, mm. and 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 this is the pitch I'm thinking as I walk through it. Like my big disconnect in these wrestling things is like you just said. Oh, you're in all these positions to be there. But it's arbitrary, right? Mm. It's it's politicaling. It's it's yeah, it's, it can uh, be. It's like the military. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's company maneuvering. You got to do that. And a little bit, it's performance, and it's a little bit the best performances they want to see more of. But a lot of it is like you know, whatever is working for whatever. Yeah. Here's my season. Is it's you have six primary wrestlers, and they go out and confront a real social issue, like racism or a cult or something like that and each of them has a different project and you have them out there in the world raising money and doing charity things and all that different stuff mm-hmm. and then each week the villains are like the bad people in those social issues that they, but it's real in the in the documentary yeah. part they're actually going and raising money and doing the stuff and maybe they talk to some of these terrible people but they're really doing it. And then each week in the ring, you get someone to dress up like the person that they're kind of combating against and they beat the loving crap out of them. And then at the end of the season, the three wrestlers fight and the one that wins is the one that like raises the most money or makes the most impact with their issue. Is this stupid? Is it too real to life? No, I... I, I call nothing stupid, especially if you take your well, time. Well, that to me says it's kind of stupid. Okay, here's my other pitch <laughs> that I've wanted to do for a while. You get a real, you get a mousy guy, okay. right? This is the season. It's called, it's called something's wrong in whatever, W's, whatever, W something, whatever wrestling. Something's wrong in blank, whatever. You get a real mousy guy. Here's the twist. He is a real life magician. Like in in real life, he's a magician, but his magic in this, in WW, whatever, in one of the W's is real. Oh, and he fights people. He does some punches and stuff and things like that, but he fights people with magic. So like he, he does some weird trick and he flashes smoke and all of a sudden the so, guy just flies so when, backwards so when, when you say his magic is real is it wrestle magic yes it's wrestle yeah, magic because i mean there's instances of a lot of wrestling wrestle magic or whatever you know they got the little fireballs that they throw with the little torch paper and everything they got the dag on um shit we had kane and the undertaker use fireballs and lightning and shit so i mean there's a lot of wrestle magic out there 
that he can have at his yeah, disposal. Yeah, it's a, it's a known thing already is what you're saying. Yes. But what I'm saying is that the primary way he hurts people, because it's a performance, right? You're still going to get to see someone do like flips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is like, he goes like, blah, and the person just flies. They just shoot back and they're, they're tumbling over and stuff. And that's the primary attack that they're doing is like Matt shooting magic out at them. Now, I don't know. I, mean, you, I know you're not too into wrestling, but you can. I up, want to be. But you can look up a lot of this independent wrestling. You know, I can I probably find you some clips later to where yeah. people are doing force chokes like Darth Vader and shit in the wrestling ring. You know, so I that's mean, what I want. Yeah, that's so. what. Honestly, wait, hold on. Honestly, honestly, why don't they do? Because now garbage companies own Star Wars. Why isn't there just Star Wars wrestling? Oh, God. You just uh, triggered my uh, Cortana. <laughs> oh, gosh. She's just looking up uh, movie theaters for Star oh, Wars. Oh, no. Star Wars, Cortana, the <laughs> ultimate battle, Master Chief, and <laughs> and Darth Vader. Oh, I, 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 I got something else for you in the kind of wrestling. Okay. Got my, got my headphones pulled up. His headphones are off. Now, come on. You own two belts. <laughs> I like how you were like, I can only own one belt, and then you own two belts. Now, see, this was the caveat, though. She said, I could not buy any more belts. Someone gave this to me. <laughs> and immediately when I received it, I, hey, I want you to know I'm at WrestleMania right now. I'm in New York. I, I met up with my homeboy, Anaceli and whatnot. He do wrestling his trash with me. And I was like, hey, I got a belt. I didn't buy it. Somebody gave it to me. You know Nick, right? He'd been to the house. We've been to wrestling shows together. He had this belt, and he didn't want it no more, and he gave it to me. So I got it, okay? I just want you to know that I did not pay for it, (laughs) all right? (laughs) So on the real, because everyone knows this. I don't want to hurt people as well. But you know that, like, lightsaber fighting is also fake. Yes, yes. So why isn't there Star Wars wrestling? There is in some venues. It's just not very popularized. I mean, you can find it on the internet. You where there's a will, there's a way. Because you know that, like, one of these Disney parks is going to have some lightsaber. Oh my goodness, spinners! (laughs) (laughs) It has spinners, everyone, so that when when Rob starts stops wrestling, the wheels keep wrestling. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) When the wheels stop wrestling, the wheels stop wrestling. You know that there's some action show at a Disney park. There's got to be with people pretending to lightsaber fight. So why aren't they just selling out coliseums with lightsaber fights? I don't know. I mean, there there are tournaments that they hold across the globe and whatnot. It's just this is what I don't get. I mean, yeah. cornhole, the game, yeah. the yeah. hole in the wood with the three bags and you're throwing them. It's on ESPN El Show. They have sponsors. <laughs> they have all this other shit. They, there's another game. To where they have, it's almost like a cross between curling and bowling with a little bit of a pool in it. I don't know how to explain this shit. That's, I, that's as best as I can come to it. But Sh- the, you're talking about tabletop shuffleboard? No, not shuffleboard. Where they, they throw the thing? No, it's like the dude, he has the ball. Okay. And he do it like a bowl. But they have other balls and stuff on the thing, and he had to weave that ball through other balls to get close to another ball. It's almost like horseshoes or some shit. But is with it like balls. is it bocce ball? 
Maybe. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> bocce, ball, bocce ball is usually on either like sand or grass. And someone throws out a ball and then you have to get it like close to that ball or something. It sounds like that. But it was like yeah. a whole bunch of balls and the dude just kind of, he was all professional. He had his little collared shirt and shit and he rolled it and the ball did a little curvy, twisty thing and it went through a, some other balls without touching it and it came close to another ball and it had balls all over the place. It sounded like a Saturday <laughs> night in the barracks. I don't know. <laughs> do you, do, what's your opinion on things that are, that are like sport versus game? What's, what's your, what's your thoughts there? Sport versus game. Like what, what sport versus athletic competition is bocce ball, which is what I think oh, describe. Oh, like what we were saying, like uh, cornhole compared to football or something like that. Well, yeah, I guess what. How do you compare cornhole to football? I love cornhole. <laughs> is it a sport? That's the question. If, if you get paid for it, it's a sport. If somebody is taking enough time out of that company's money and all this other bullshit to pay you to sit there and throw freaking bags of beans or whatever the fuck they put in there into a hole on an opposing side. <laughs> that's a motherfucking sport. If it's televised and they got goddamn team jackets and coats and fucking they're wearing the little wrist things like they got carpal tunnel and everything and they tossing bags, it's a goddamn sport. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm I'm fully on board with that as well. I don't particularly like cornhole as a game. I I I got into it. So what you just listened to was part one of a two-part interview with Mike Fallick. We covered a various amount of uh, freaking topics and everything. One of which we ended on with was what sports are really sports and everything like that. We pick up in part two, which you can also view on YouTube. Go to the 3R Show YouTube and you can get a basically a preview of next week's episode in the visual format. So I have part one and part two recorded and it is up on the YouTube page. So check it out if you want to get a sneak peek of next week's episode. I mean, when I make these video episodes, they come out before the podcast episode because I record so many podcasts at a time and everything. So once I get the videos, I shoot them right up. Matter of fact, today, as I sit here and I record this, I'm going to be putting out another video episode on the YouTube page featuring Dan Dinkins of the Starting Five podcast we talk about music and how we deal with life during these trying times and everything so that's going to be another interesting interview that's going to be up on the 3r show youtube page so go ahead over to youtube subscribe hit them notifications i sound like an ad on youtube just how those professional youtubers do it you know like and subscribe hit the button cling the thing for freaking updates and shit <laughs> but Anytime Mike Fallick is on the show, is a thorough hoot and everything. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed the episode that's yet to come. Um, also, episodes that are yet to come, I have got to talk to Abdul Malik. He is um, one of the graphic designers behind some of the great pieces that you've seen uh, WWE post for... Um, their Saudi Arabia shows and whatnot. So he's a big component of um, those shows over there when they go do the Riyadh shows and all those other things like that. So look forward to that. You can also see that interview now on the YouTube page. So go over to YouTube, 3R Show, type it in the search bar, and you'll find me and Abdul, and you can see that interview. 
that that'll come out after the Mike Fallica podcast. So yeah, man, if if you want the preview, it's there. You just got to sit in front of your screen and watch it. But if you a high preppy motherfucker and you pay for YouTube Premium or Red or whatever the fuck they call it now, you can just put it in your pocket, close it down, and then you can just listen to it like it's a podcast. So that's if you're on the high end of the spectrum and what whatnot. So yeah, but stay tuned for part two of this interview with Mike Fallick. Sports or is it not sports? That's going to be the topic of discussion for that. So, um, yeah, I, I felt like I was in a ladder match this weekend because we got hit by the homeowners association for having mildew and scum on the side of our house, which is way the hell up there on top of the house. So I don't know how they finding the shit out. Is they pulling over on the curb and they just damn scaling the side of my house and checking for mold when I'm not there or whatever. So I, I don't know how this process works, but I think the homeowners association is a piece of shit, you know, governing how I freaking take care of my shit. You know, I mean, granted, it needed to be cleaned and everything. And I'm glad that they brought it to my attention because I had to go to Lowe's. I mean, not Lowe's, Home Depot and running down 12 foot ladder. Felt like I was in a WWE ladder match and shit. And now scale the side of my house and spray mildew blocker and degreaser or whatever the fuck on the side of my house. I had to go up in the second floor windows of my house and hang out of the goddamn window and wipe my windows down and do all this other extra shit that I wouldn't have thought of doing edgewise. But what is the purpose of the homeowner association other than snitch on motherfuckers? You know, I, I, I've seen houses that have been in disarray for many months, many weeks and everything. And Nothing has seemed to be done about it, but I'm getting notices and knocks on my door. Not well, I ain't getting no knocks on my door because the motherfucker knock on my door, we are gonna have an issue there. We are gonna have the same conversation that I'm bitching about right now <laughs> um, on this recording. But damn, what happens to those people? What what the homeowners association threatening you about? Oh, we'll take away your amenities and all this other bullshit. What amenities are you providing me? You're not cutting my grass. You're not repairing my fences whenever they get jacked up by wild animals or whatever the case may be. You talk about, goddamn, we ain't going to have access to the little community pool and little thing in there. I don't give a fuck. I got a pool in my backyard. So I don't never use your shit. Then the playground down the road, oh, we can't go play on the playground. My, my son is about to be 18 years old. He ain't going to play on the playground. I have a 10-year-old. But she don't like to really go outside that much because it's too fucking hot. And then in the wintertime, it's too freaking cold. Well, not really here in Texas, but still, you know, what I'm saying is the playground ain't getting used. So I don't give a fuck about you yanking your amenities or whatever. You can, Matter of fact, you can yank my amenities if you daggone cut off the goddamn fee that you're charging me for not doing shit. You ain't doing shit. You ain't providing me a service. You just sitting here sending me you wasting paper sending me shit and getting on my goddamn nerves. Anyway, fuck the homeowners association. If you have a homeowners association that does well by you, kudos to you. But fuck mine. God damn it. Um, yeah, man, I, I just had to get that off my chest. It's just been weighing on my mind and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm shaking my drink. 
But speaking of drinks, this thing is delicious. I found this at H-E-B. <gasps> you went to somewhere other than Walmart? Yes, I did. Shut up. But I don't know what compelled me to get it. One of the key things right here say is dairy-free. I am lactose intolerant. So I, I look for things that don't make my guts bubble and shit. So I, I tried it out and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a swig for the working man right now. If, you, if you're watching Genius, go ahead and uh, shoot me an email. Mail at randomrob.com. Let's talk some sponsorship because I, I thoroughly enjoy your product. Speaking of products, you can go ahead and check out the sponsors at Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. So go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com and you can get 15% off your order with promo code RANDOM. Also, check out Poddex. It's a wonderful tool for your podcasting tool belt. So, you can go to poddex.com and use promo code RANDOM. You can also get 10% off your order. Everybody wondering where the Blue Chew uh, ads are at, but um, those will be back in September. I had to get a hold of Blue Chew and everything because, you know, everything is in disarray because of the pandemic and shit. So, we struck another accord and whatnot in September. We're going to start those Blue Chew ads, baby. We're going to freaking have the sexy time music. And you're going to get the voice back. And we're going to talk ever so gently and sensually about Blue Chew, baby. You know what I'm talking about. You like how that hits your ears. You like how my, my voice is verberating through your ear holes or through your speakers right now. But <laughs> I don't even know if my sound effects was playing just then. But, uh... Yeah, those are coming back. So, yeah, I ain't got nothing else, man. I just using my camera because I got it. I got all this equipment and everything that's just been sitting by the wayside. Now that I got a space to set it up in and, you know, work with it in, I'm going to start taking advantage of it or whatnot. So, usually these show closings are strictly, you know, detained in the side of the podcast. But now you get to hear and see me put these things together. So, yeah, I'll be trying to do more of these as they come to me. And shenanigans. Boom. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at 3RShow for any general updates and shenanigans pertaining to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at The3RShow. To where you can watch me walk through the hollowed halls of Walmart and get into shenanigans. I might pop up in HEB and get some of this this genius drink, which is very delicious. Sponsor me. Yeah. Um, you can also go to the YouTube page that I've been plugging. You can see some of these interviews that you're listening to. And um, help su- that helps support the show. Hit, hit su- subscribe and shit. Subscribe. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I'm just trying to implement a lot of things for the community. The, if the Random Ramblings of Rob has a community, I want to hear from you. I want to reach out to you and whatnot and talk and just have fun and have camaraderie and shit like that. So I have a Discord that is um, up and running a server that you can join. Um, there'll be links in this show description. There'll be links in this video wherever it gets posted. So you can join the Discord. 
Discord, Discord server. And uh, we can talk about many of things. I got it broken down into categories. If you just strictly into Twitter stuff, there's a category chat for Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. There's a, a chat specifically tailored to you if that's your platform of choice. And I just want to build a community, a networking pool and whatnot. So come on over, join the, sh the, the show on Discord. Also, I've been getting into Twitch gaming. So you can go to twitch.tv forward slash three r show i've been getting my ass kicked in def jam fight for new york with all this buzz coming around from def jam supposedly they got some news about you know the def jam fighter series and whatnot so hopefully it's either a remaster or maybe they're moving forward into the next gen or current gen with a new game that has yet to be seen you know i wouldn't mind a freaking full-on remaster of the current game or hell, even a button redesign for Dev Jam Icon, because that game looked beautiful. It just it went away from the old controls of Def Jam Vendetta and Def Jam um, Fight for New York. But freaking Def Jam Icon was a beautiful game, and I wouldn't mind playing that again. I mean, even though the, the button mashing and all that stuff is kind of shitty, but just the overall aesthetic of the thing is beautiful. Um, so Twitch dot tv forward slash three r show uh drop a follow on there and you know that's another one of those things just kind of like youtube a lot of people don't like to sit in front of their device or tv or whatever and watch video content no more they just want to feed the audio into their ears and whatnot and you know it is what it is but i'm trying to hit everybody's uh taste and whatnot i'm trying to do more things because i have the means to now so yeah but um there's also some other ways that you can help support this show by going to randomrob.com. You go to randomrob.com, you can find merchandise, which I don't, I'm not wearing right now because I'm supporting my man Kof. But you can get cool stuff like this here beanie. I know it's summertime and it's hot, but in this office it's cold. So I, I wear my beanie and everything. And you can get one too if you're up in those northern climates that kind of stay cold all the time. Um, there's also t-shirts uh, stickers, buttons, all kinds of things that you can purchase to help support this show. This, these walls that have been painted around me right now, it's come from people buying t-shirts and everything. You know, some of these cables and cords with these lights and, you know, battery packs with this camera and everything come from people buying shirts and hats and all kinds of things like that, which I very much so appreciate. Um, there's also a Patreon on there. You can go for, one dollar that's the only tier i got there's a ten dollar tier but that's some other shit don't even worry about that but the dollar tier is for you for twelve dollars a year you can help support the random rounds with rob but at the same time this is what i say about merchandise if you buy a freaking shirt for 18 bucks that's well over one year subscription to the patreon you know so merch is king i, I would rather you walk around with random on your chest than you know that patreon shit but it's there as an option for you hell if you just want to give me cash straight up i got my paypal and my freaking cash app on randomrob.com also if you want to help support and get some of these wires and you know doodads to help you know me put a better uh, uh a better equipment set there's amazon wish links down there you can see my wish list of things that i want to try to get and you can help support that way but the most important way that you can help this podcast and any other podcast that you listen to is by liking, subscribing, 
retweeting, uh, freaking writing reviews on whatever podcast platform that you listen to allows you to write reviews on. Those are the most important ways and free to help support any uh, podcast or anything that you view or listen to or whatnot. And, you know, whether it be a Twitch stream or a YouTube video, putting in those comments helps out tremendously because you're engaging. You help us uh, freaking find ways to improve our shows. And hell, it gets those corporate sponsors on the radar as well because I would rather spend their money than your money. You know, because I, I know I'm lucky enough to be working during these trying times. And there's not a lot of people that's that freaking fortunate. So, I mean, you, you keep your money close to you to provide for you and your family and whatnot. You know, you don't spend that shit on a random beanie or a hat or whatnot. You take care of your family first. And then if you if you if you inclined to support, you know, monetarily, that's cool. But like subscribe, retweet, engage with the show, write reviews free ways to help support the show and is the most important ways to help support this show and any other show that you listen to. But I sat here and ran my mouth long enough. I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for viewing and I'll see you next time.